Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. Hello guys and girls and welcome back to another episode of A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. First up, a huge thanks to all of my 47 patrons who support the work I do with this podcast. Without you guys, there would be no podcast any longer, so I really greatly appreciate your support. Today's episode will include an update on the Danish League match I played on Saturday, just as I'll update you guys on the past week of training. And in the end, I'll answer a patron question about how hard I worked when I was 15 and how I track my training and rest schedule. If you also want to be able to get questions answered here on the podcast or even off the podcast, go check out how easy it is on patreon.com slash It will cost you very little and do a ton of good for me. And as always, you'll be able to cancel your support at any time with no binding whatsoever. You're only being charged once a month. Right, well, let's get straight into today's episode. On Saturday, I went to Culling for my second league match of the season, Danish league match for my team Vidor, a about two and a half, three hour drive from our home club. We played a team that is quite well balanced. I think Culling has uh, some, yeah, a well balanced team with good girls, good boys. It's a quite young team, lots of talented players. And we know at home they are often very good they have a pretty nice hall, I think, actually. So it was, for some reason, my first time in calling. But we got away from there with a 7-2 win, uh, which is the same scoreline we also won with in the first round. And I think that is just a very satisfying result, especially considering there were actually two or three very close wins of those uh, nine matches. So it could have been a lot closer than 7-2. So we are very, very happy with the start of the season for the team. It is most likely two of the toughest matches on our schedule in the regular season. So starting off with winning 7-2 in both of them is uh, very pleasing. On a personal note for me, uh, the match was a bit of a mix, I'd say. Like I won my singles in three games against uh, this guy, Philip Ilum Klint. I told you about him in the latest episode, a guy who has been on the 19 junior champion here in Denmark some years ago, and he has beaten some good players. Uh, one I do remember is Mas Christoffersen at the uh, national championships. I was a little annoyed I had to go to three games to, to beat him, uh, as I, I was in complete control in that first game. I won 21-14, I think, uh, and I also held a 18-15 lead in the second game before dropping that 21-19. Got off again to a great start in the third, was up something like 7-1, and I think from that point on, the win was never in doubt. Uh, I maintained a good lead all the way through the final game. It just annoyed me I had to spend that extra time on court. Also, because unfortunately, my right knee started giving me some issues in the second game. As I do actually have like this patella tendonitis in my right knee. I've had that for many, many years, but it's just not too often that it really gives me any real pain or trouble. It does pop up every now and then though, especially in periods where I've been working really hard. Uh, And yeah, this was just one of the times. So like as soon as my knee uh, started feeling, uh, not as soon, but quite soon in that second game, my knee started feeling very stiff. 
uh, which is obviously like a big issue when it's on my right leg, which is my lunging, uh, lunging leg. So every time I had to like lunge or, or land hard on my right leg uh, for a, like a jump or something, uh, in, in the later part of the second game and the entire final game, I would think about like how to maybe land a little bit softer, trying to avoid the pain in my knee and also like on my lunges, I would yeah try to avoid putting like full pressure on, on the knee joint. And that obviously like severely hampers my, my movement around court and it's generally just a bad idea as it will increase like the risk of picking up some other injury just simply just because I move different compared to, to what I do normal. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I'm I'm quite annoyed actually. I had to play that third game uh, to to risk worsening, uh, yeah, the knee pain. And what was even worse on that Saturday was that I knew right after that singles I would just have a very short break. Then I would have to play second men's doubles as well on, on the team, and so got like a 15 minute break and then had to play the doubles. And do, doing that with a very stiff feeling right knee uh, was just a very bad experience uh, and. I also guess, like in hindsight, I probably should have just uh, yeah, retired from that match, as I think winning it was pretty hopeless anyway with the state I was in, and also my partner was not in a great uh, state in terms of uh, his confidence level or, or or anything. So yeah, overall about the team match, I'd say I'm I'm very happy. Uh, I managed to win my singles and extremely happy with the team result. But yeah, the knee issue was a bit of a concern, so. Yeah, it, it wasn't exactly the perfect Saturday League match for me, but we got away with a good win, and that was uh, definitely the most important thing to get off to a really good start to the season, which we have done now. Moving on to giving you an update on my, my time in training over the past week. It's supposed, it has supposed to be, it was supposed to be a really tough week of training the current one that we are in now. Kenneth Jonasson, our head coach, is back in the hall after he had a two-week holiday. So we always know when he gets back from holiday, it's serious business. And we have Denmark Open coming up in, in about three weeks' time. So we, we are building up towards that. But like clearly the, the knee issue has changed my plans a little bit. So like after a Monday session where I still felt like some pain in the knee, although it was like considerably less, I also started feeling just a little bit of pain or soreness or maybe even like tightness in the top of my top of my hamstring on the right leg, which is most likely because of, as I described before, I move a little bit differently to try to compensate for the, the knee pain I feel. So along with Kenneth, uh, we decided to go a little easy on Monday for me and skip the Tuesday training on court. Uh, to just give the knee a bit of uh, time to rest and, and heal up and also uh, to tackle this uh, hamstring issue before it uh, could evolve into something worse. So yeah, I was back on court this morning. Uh, so that's Wednesday when I'm recording this uh, and it felt much better again. No pain at all in my knee, which is very good. And the hamstring issue didn't really begin to act up until after like 75 minutes of high level practice. So I'll maybe add a bit more again tomorrow and a bit more again on Friday and then hopefully on Monday I'll be back to 100% so I can have a real tough week on court next week as good preparation for the Denmark Open, the French Open and also the Hilo Open which will be three tournaments three weeks in a row. 
so yeah even though i i of course i would have preferred to be all injury free i'm i'm not too concerned about like these issues i'm dealing with right now um so i feel like we have it under control i think we are dealing with it really well and uh, making some good plans so yeah and I'm, I'm in no rush as there's still three weeks left until the Denmark Open so there's still time to uh, to prepare well for for these events let's move on to today's patron question which is from Marku he asks when you were 15 years old how hard did you practice Asking as a father who has a daughter who plays badminton, and he also asks, how do I follow my rest and training balance? So Marco, first of all, in terms of how hard I practiced when I was 15, it's a little hard to remember the exact amount. It is 21 years ago, so yeah, I am that old. But I'd say that around 15, 16 is when I like really decided and became very conscious about the fact that I wanted to go for a professional career in badminton. It's not that I wasn't training a lot before, I was indeed, but like when I went from elementary school to high school was when I really took a decision about trying as hard as I could to make it a professional career. When I began in high school was also like the first time I've ever done training in the morning actually. Before that it had only been afternoon and evening practices after school. But yeah, from starting from high school, I began training twice a week in the morning. And from my memory, I would say maybe do club practice four or five times a week in the afternoon or evening. So it could be both be like group sessions or some shorter, more technically focused sessions. Like exactly how much work I did in the gym and how consistently and so forth, I, I honestly don't remember so well. I did for sure work out in the gym, I know that. Uh, and we also did physical things in like circuit programs in, in training. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, it's difficult for me to say like exactly uh, how much. Uh, and ba back then it was also much more normal to train a bit less than what junior players do generally today. So for like most of my junior years up until age 18, I actually didn't play much of badminton for uh, big parts of the summer. Uh, even some parts uh, I didn't play badminton at all uh, in in some weeks uh, when I did it was maybe only once or twice a week instead I spent a lot of time playing tennis in the local tennis club and I also focused a lot every summer on the physical training so doing both gym work but also lots and lots of running intervals so I like overall I'd say I worked hard at the age of 15 but not something where I didn't have time for doing anything else and I think like most importantly, I didn't feel like it was something tough I had to do because anyone told me to. I had a lot of fun doing these uh, things and training like this with my badminton friends and competing all the time in training. So I really just kind of enjoyed it. And from there, the ambition and hunger to do like more and more just grew all the time. I, I don't know if like the demands are higher today, but I like I strongly believe it's better to take it slower to make sure you still enjoy playing and have fun. Not that some sessions like running or stuff like that can feel hard and tough and even boring at times, but like overall you need to feel it's fun going to training uh, most of the time. For me, that's the best approach in my eyes to like keep long-term motivation for the sport high, which again is key for me to develop into as good a player as you possibly can. 
In terms of the, uh, the second part of the question, how do I follow my training and rest balance? Well, honestly, I don't have like a smart system to do that. Like nowadays, I think I just know my body so well and have been through the tough training period so many times. I'm quite good at balan balancing uh, how hard to work and when to, to take an extra rest day like I just did on, on this Tuesday to try and make sure the knee issue and the hamstring issue didn't become a more serious thing so I would have to miss even more time. Um, so I, it doesn't mean I, I, I of, of course I still overdo training sometimes. It's, it's more and more rare of course but it does happen which I think is also natural for anyone because like we try to push to the limit on many occasions so naturally sometimes you'll cross that limit and go a little bit too far. Uh, like when I was a junior uh, though I did use like a training diary in some periods actually uh, which definitely helped to keep track on like how my body was feeling and when to maybe take a small break or maybe train just a little bit less uh, so I can recommend using that especially for young players but I'll also be honest and say it's not a tool that will work for everyone definitely not. And other than that, I'd say that like communication with the, the coaches is probably for me key for balancing rest and training loads. Uh, the, the coach cannot know how a player is really feeling and therefore he or she can only adjust the load according to a gut feeling or what the player has actually told the coach. So yeah, for me, that's definitely a key component to be open and honest about your physical and also your mental status to kind of give the coaches the best possible tools for helping and, and guiding the players. Right, I hope these answers made some sense, Marco. If not, send me a message as always. And thank you so much for listening everyone i hope you really enjoy, enjoyed today's episode if you haven't had enough of my voice yet you should go check out the badminton experience where we have just uploaded our latest episode where we talk to Jan U. Jansen. lots of great little stories in that episode so i hope you all enjoy that as well for this podcast it's a wrap for today i'll be back again next week with another update thanks so much for listening everyone bye Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Vittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.